Learning Scripture, Knowing Christ. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear Podcast. So I have to ask you something, hon. Did you notice that I changed the intro thing? Do you notice any difference? Yeah. Anything else you notice? Welcome to the hat. I, I upped the bass. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did not. Oh, gosh. I'm no, so I, sorry. All I notice is the volume. I tried to sound more radio voice. Are those sirens? Mm-hmm. I heard the, I heard the siren that the, uh, what do you call them? The alarm things. Mm-hmm. The fire I guess, hydrant. I guess the there's hydrants. <laughs> I guess they're still called uh, sirens. Yep, they're sirens. Yeah, I guess they're oh gosh. responding. Hopefully, my words come out better with this podcast. <laughs> You'll be fine. All right, so this is uh, part two of our discussion on unanswered prayers. And uh, we left off with a couple different uh, takeaways, t- uh, and we're going to pick back up where we left off with the different points that uh, that we had. I think we gave four points, right, from what I remember in the I notes. Think so, yeah. yeah, so this, I guess, is number five as we continue. But before we get into the discussion, I wanted to make a really big announcement. We have our sponsors. Just kidding. We don't have sponsors. <laughs> Not at all. And we did. <laughs> you were like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> no, I was like, what big announcement are what you big, making? Yeah. Um, we really don't. Uh, so I ask all the listeners out there, uh, because we don't have sponsors, we don't monetize or anything. Everything is coming out of our pockets. We do not want your money. What we want is to share, to like, to review, do all that kind of stuff uh, so we can get the algorithms going and get this uh, podcast out to more and more people. The numbers have actually gone up; they really have, and it's yeah. been and it's been awesome. Especially uh, because getting... it was happening when we weren't actively posting any. Yeah, and, well, we were promoting the uh, certain series. Yeah, uh, but for a while on... we had yeah. like a gap, and we were still going. Yeah, and it's funny be- because some of the ones that were like, "Oh, this is really good discussion," I guess it's not a topic that many people want to talk about. But there's other ones. Just us. Uh, other ones like the spiritual abuse series that we did last year, over a year ago now, and uh, the more recent one on the Enneagram, those have been listened to a lot Other than, uh, beside the other ones. But we're getting more listeners. So as you listen, remember... Thank uh, yes, thank you. And and remember, hit that, hit that like or share, hit that five star or one star. But if you give us a one star, you have to tell us why. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That'd be nice. Sure, yeah. yeah. I like... I like uh, Constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. Not just you suck. Yeah. <laughs> we already know. I mean, sometimes I drink things out of a straw, so. But a ch. about to walk out of here. Yeah. So let's talk about unanswered prayers. So without any further ado, here we go. go. Right, so I guess our fifth point uh, that uh, why we don't have prayers answered is because <laughs> this is going to sound really mean. <laughs> We're fools. <laughs> we are not wise, and gaining wisdom ends up becoming too late. Because it's kind of like 
oh, well, I got myself into this situation. Uh, that That's when we need to uh, pray for wisdom even more. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 20, well, chapter 1, verses 22 through 29. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? I'm just saying, why do fools hate knowledge? I don't know. Why do fools fall in love? Wow, that was... <laughs> I did not expect that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm the sorry. train is off the rails. <laughs> In the book I'm reading, they talked about the person who wrote that song. And like ever oh, okay. since last night, been be bopping around my head. And then, <laughs> then you had to say that. So um, I think fools hate knowledge for uh, of varying reasons and varying degrees as mm-hmm. well. Uh, one of which that I think. I've noticed the most is, especially in our society, we don't like being told when we're wrong. Yeah. We really don't like being corrected. Uh, So verse 23, repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call... And no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke. I, in turn, will laugh when disaster disaster strikes you. Wisdom is so loving, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going to laugh at you. Uh-huh. At least they're not pointing and laughing. Uh, I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when disaster and trouble overwhelm you. And uh, now 28 and 29. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Like, we will pray, maybe even flippantly, but we pray as a fool, calamity is going to strike us. And according to wisdom, it's laughable. You know, it's, I, I didn't write this, okay? This is in the Bible, all right? So don't come at me. <laughs> come at me, bro. <clears throat> um, but uh, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, we, ha- we have, like, let me draw this analogy. I would like for you to go to a zoo, don't actually do this, okay? And just go inside the lion's cage, and uh, hey, kitty, kitty. Hey, kitty. Um, let's see how much fear you have. Like someone who is a fool would actually do something like that because they don't have a fear. They don't have a reverence or a respect for that animal. And when, like I said, how many times in the first episode of this discussion, when we approach the throne of God, we have to know exactly who we are approaching. It's not your chum. He's not your best buddy. He's not just your daddy. This is the God of all of creation. He is the sovereign of all things. All right? So if we're a part of his kingdom, we better fear our sovereign. We better respect him and be in awe of him. Uh, Otherwise, if we approach him just in any other way, that's pretty foolish. 
Uh, Proverbs 28, verse 9, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Wow. Prayers being detestable. All right. So why do people hate knowledge? Because they got their own way. They, they already, they already, it's like when a fool goes to pray, it's kind of like they already know what the answer that they want. So if they don't get anything else, obviously the prayer is not answered and it shouldn't be, you know, we can't have answers according to how we assume they should be answered. That's just foolish, foolishness. And that's what Proverbs says, not, not me. Now, I, I mean, Proverbs, Proverbs is talking about, uh, the personification of wisdom. And as we know, uh, the most wise one out there is, is Yahweh. It is God. It is Christ. And if we don't recognize that, we're going to have a tough time trying to be uh, wisdomous. And also remember in James that if you pray for wisdom, you will surely get that. We need, we need that wisdom. We cannot be fools when we approach the throne of God. You have anything before we go on to the next one? I think this is a blog from the guy that wrote that book you read. The, uh... Hollering? Um, yep. Yeah? Okay. Um, and he says, he's making a distinction between he doesn't actually believe that there's such a thing as unanswered prayer. It's a difference between unanswered prayer and rejected prayers. And rejected prayers are what yeah, fall I think, under the... I think he may have brought that up in the book. Yeah, so he's basically saying like all those things like pride and sin and everything, it's not an unanswered prayer then. It is a rejection of our prayers yeah. versus otherwise, yes, in some form, our prayers are answered, whether that's through... Yeah. I Like I make the distinction that if it's on if it's rejected, it's not going to be answered. But he, he makes the distinction that that is the answer, that it's a rejection. Is that way? Is that how you understood it? Because that's how I understood it. Mm-hmm. No, it says like there's a crucial difference between God rejecting our prayers for the aforementioned reasons, which was the list of yeah all of the reasons, and God not answering our prayers. I'm convinced there's no such thing as an unanswered prayer for a Christian. God is the perfect father and we are his beloved children. And at the bottom of all of that, says his answers may come as a yes or a no or a wait. It's more about the timing. Because we could pray something and not see an answer to it till 10 years later. Yeah, but that's not the rejected prayers. No. Yeah. But it's also not unanswered. It's just not answered yet. yet. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there there is that. But I think we use that as an excuse. I think we talked about it in the first episode, did we? Um, If not, we'll talk about it now. I think we use that too much as an excuse when in reality, God is rejecting that prayer because it does not align with his gospel. It does not align with his will. And we turn it around and say, well, it's just not answered yet. Like we don't want to look the fool. You know what I mean? It can be. Yeah. But we also need to be careful to not tell somebody who hasn't had it answered. (laughs) Well, you must be sinning somehow because then that would be abusive. There's definitely the two extremes. And yeah. we, that definitely has to be, uh, you need very careful discernment. You need and wisdom. Also, yeah. Wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Um, but also, uh, 
who are you to say if somebody else's prayer <laughs> is one way or another? You know what I mean? Unless you have like a hundred percent guaranteed gift of discernment, uh, then God, I pray for my marriage, fix my wife, but I'm having an affair. Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean it's a very a extreme, example. but yeah. it gives you no, the idea a, of what we're saying. It's a good example. Yeah. Um, so next one. Yeah. yeah okay. I don't have the list, no. so Oh, where's your computer? Um, and downstairs. Oh. Okay, number six, not willing to be the answer to prayer, including our own prayers. <laughs> kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, uh, God fixed my marriage, even though I'm sleeping with somebody on the side. Uh, well, your part of this prayer is stop it. Fix my <laughs> prayer. Boom, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I can't remember if I got this out of one of the books or not, uh, out of Oswald Chambers. Uh, why do we worship God for the experience? Our whole lives are to worship him regardless of what outcome may placate or disturb us. Why is it we pray for the ease of peace? Our whole being is to be vacated of what is contrary and counter to who Christ is, that when we pray... We are expressing God's desire in our lives and in others. That is peace. Despite what is happening around us, peace is the opportunity to be involved in God's answer to prayers. So if we're praying, we got to be willing to be involved with what the answer may be. Uh, Proverbs 21, 13, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. All right, so obviously, you know, if if they're shutting their ears to the cry of the poor, they recognize that there's something there that is an issue. What they see it as an issue is, I don't like the noise. Instead of, hey, these people need help. Um, so the end result is, uh, we'll also cry out uh, and not be answered. Um, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 15, When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. So if we're, if we're praying, uh, be a part of the answer. You know, don't go out. We can't go out of our ways. I mean, hands full of blood, that's pretty much, that's a, an extreme maybe for today, but I, I wouldn't take it as far as literal blood. Um, I mean, yeah, it can be taken that far, but wounds don't always bleed blood. There are other wounds that happen in this world uh, and with each other, even in churches that are so painful, yet they don't bleed actual blood. There are hurting people all over the place, and yeah, we pray for them and all that, but how are we going to be involved with what that answer might be? We don't like that because sometimes that answer might be doing really tough things. Like, for example, James, the last two verses of James. I think I brought that up in the last episode. But if you, br if you recognize somebody who is in sin and you who are righteous bring them out, you save them from sin and cover over a multitude more of, of, of more sin. So yeah, that is tough, but that is the loving thing to do. And if we would rather have our hands full of blood, so we're not a part of the answer, then why are we even praying? 
All right, so that's praying for others. What about uh, what about ourselves too? Are we willing to either apply something to our lives that needs to be applied, or get rid of something in our lives in order for prayers to be prayed? Usually, when we pray for ourselves, it's I mean, you could sum it up with "I want peace" or "I want something." I want things, you know. But really, that what it comes down to is I want peace. We might find try to find peace in things, so we pray for getting things and stuff. Uh, but what it comes down to is that we want peace. What are we doing to work towards that peace? So what are we doing uh, about uh, being a part of the answer? Prayer does not control consequences. It is an open line for confession and repentance. Careful. What was that? With your elbow? My elbow. Oh. <laughs> Again. Um, prayer does not control consequences. It is an open line for confession and repentance. So when we're praying for ourselves, praying for others, keep that in mind and be willing to be a part of the answer. All right, number seven, syncretizing. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in our Enneagram discussion. And uh, so I, I'm going to... I'm going to try and fly through this one. You can listen to those and get a, get a more clear idea of, I mean, you'll get a clear idea with this anyway, <laughs> but uh, syncretizing is adding on to our worship and to our uh, Christian life, uh, the believer's life, other things that are contrary to the gospel. We're kind of, we're syncing them up. We're adding them together. In the Old Testament, it was like, yeah, Yahweh is awesome. He needs a wife. How about a Shara? So they started doing a Shara worship, and the Baals too. Let's you know if there's a whole bunch of those. Let's let's add those with Yahweh. Uh, so don't don't do that. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah eleven verses eleven through fourteen. Therefore, this is what the Lord says: I will bring on them disaster they cannot escape. Though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. The towns of Judah and the, and the people of Jerusalem will go out and cry out to the gods to whom they burn incense, but they will not help them at all when disaster strikes. All right, so first of all, they're going to cry out to the Lord, and he's like, I will not listen. And they're also going to cry out to the other gods, uh, and they're not going to listen because they're actually not real gods. Uh, verse 13, you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. And the altars you have set up to burn incense to that shameful god Baal are as many as the streets of Jerusalem. Do not pray for this people or offer any plea or petition for them, because I will not listen when they call to me in the time of their distress. All right, that's a result of syncing up with all these different gods. Today, in the church, like we've like we taught in the Enneagram series, it's happening a lot. It's not sneaking in the back door, I said. It's being welcomed with a red carpet through the front door. Stuff like the Enneagram, stuff like Christian yoga. I don't know how it could be Christian. All right, and I brought up this too. Why don't we just slap Christian on the, on the beginning of everything? That'll solve a whole lot of problems. Christian pornography. Look, you don't have an addiction anymore. <laughs> you know, it's ludicrous. We cannot syncretize with all these other different beliefs, uh, new age beliefs and old beliefs, philosophies, all of that, we cannot do that. 
Ezekiel chapter 8, 15 through 18. He said to me, do you see this son of man? You will see things that are even more detestable than this. When he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord, and there at the entrance to the temple between the portico and the altar were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. They were bowing down to the sun in the east. He said to me, have you seen this son of man? Is it a trivial matter for the people of Judah to do the detestable things they are doing here? Must they also fill the land with violence and continually arouse my anger? Look at them putting the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will deal with them in anger. I will not look on them with pity or spare them. Although they shout in my ears, I will not listen to them. All right. We can't expect to practice things outside of what is prescribed in Scripture and expect God to respond in kind. All right. Now, if you're making the argument, well, that's the Old Testament. Oh, did God change? Because I thought he was unchanging. Well, that's the Old Covenant. Now, well, the New Covenant has the same thing. It's not like Jesus calmed down by revelation, as Francis Chance <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and uh, what is it, Matthew 23, when he's calling out all the leadership in the, uh, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when he's calling them out, he's not making it all peaches and cream. That's like your favorite thing to say right Peaches now. Peaches and cream? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe I'm craving it. But anyways, um, when we syncretize, we are syncing other practices, beliefs, and or worldviews, mindsets to Christianity. The attempt is for a righteous living in view of how others might accept or not accept Christianity. So it's kind of like, uh, are we trying to look like the world so the world accepts us more? It's also funny to me the amount of people that um, would claim that they are not pharisaical. Everybody else is pharisaical, not them. But then all you have to do is really look at the comparison of what they were doing. Because what is it that it wasn't the law that was wrong that they were doing? It was their interpretation it was their, of it the It was law. the fact that they were heaping their own things yeah. On top of other people that they also were not making themselves yeah. do. They interpreted the law yeah. a certain way and said, oh, well, then this means that you can't do this or do that. It's yeah. funny that like priests and stuff, they couldn't travel a certain amount of places. So, well, I guess we're going to need more money so I can have a house this many miles away to sleep at. You know, because I have to travel places like, wow, ritzy. That's just when, so many people who read that kind of throw everything about the Pharisees into this. You don't want to be a Pharisee. But it clearly states it wasn't them following the law that was the problem. Where we like to think we see the, the law as pharisaical and legalistic. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And, and when we sync, when we're syncretizing, uh, what's happening is be, we become less of a, of a Christian and more of what the world is, whatever it might is. How many you know? times the the child of it's like one of your favorite verses. What? What's that? The something about you become this many times more a child of. Oh, when you when uh, Jesus is talking to the teachers of the law, I think, or the Pharisees, and he says, "You brood of vipers, you little satans, 
Uh, and he says, you, you go out and find your own disciples and you make them twice the sons of hell than what you are. Like, yeah, Jesus is loving. And he, and I will say that is loving Mm -hmm. because uh, there's a reason why Jesus would tell them that is so they stop doing the work of the devil and start being a part of the kingdom of God. And of course he had to have said it in a very sweet voice in order for it to actually be loved. Now, no, I do not think that he would be screaming at them and demeaning (laughs) them, but you can be firm. He will be firm. And yeah. Because if I was like... You brood of vipers. Oh, you guys. <laughs> no, he. I, I doubt that. But yeah, like I don't think he's one extra. Like, I don't. I mean, if he if he fashioned a whip to drive out animals and people out of the temple because of his zeal for his the temple, house. the temple being a house of prayer, this mm-hmm. is my father's house and it will be a house of prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's calling out these leaders. Um, so to be clear, love, like, yes, God is loving, but here's the thing. Love does not mean acceptance. We, we get that confused a lot, I think in our society, uh, Mm -hmm. because if, oh, well, if you're not accepting me, then you're not loving me. Uh, you know, my, my three-year-old got really angry at me and screamed at me because I would not let her ride her scooter out into the road. Uh, okay, so uh, oh, I'll just ex- should Oops. I just ex- <laughs> should I just accept? Okay, yeah, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. N- no, that's not love. You know, if there's if there is a trap, if there is a da- uh, a, uh, a a downfall in the future that I know of, I'm gonna stop that. And she's really cute too, so I held my ground really well. <laughs> I just right. go with her. I did. I was running up and down the road with her, but she she wouldn't listen when cars were coming. So, oh, okay, really? Like, yeah, she normally does when I do. She's like, "Mommy, get off the road!" Well, after she realized there was a car, oh. then yeah, yeah. Um, all too often, we we do not want to offend because a synced mindset is selfish and does not want to have to endure any possible backlash for living contrary to open sins. The solution, therefore, then, and especially a wrong solution, is to just accept it. Let's just sync it up. Let's just slap Christian on the front of it, and it'll be all right. Uh, rather, we, we can love sinners without accepting their sin. Uh, does, does a good parent still love their child when they don't listen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not as if the parent is, is like, well, you stuck your finger in the electrical socket. I wanted to love you by not offending you by telling you not to. Uh, so I guess, you know, you'll, you'll have to live with the consequences. But I love you. You know, like, what good parent would do that? Uh, syncretizing is also all about the self. Because why, why else would we not deny ourselves and pick up our cross daily and instead add on to Christian practice? It's for ourselves. You got it? Is that it? Do you it, see do my you mind it? like yeah, growing? Yeah, the cogs are moving. Well, I mean, <laughs> I have something. Might be a stretch. <clears throat> but I was thinking about how, especially uh, more recently with like relationships and marriages and them falling apart, there's definitely legitimate reasons. But so much of the time is 
because people change or they don't accept what I want to do. Like there's this all about me thing again where then that falls apart because you, um, yep. Because love yeah. equals I accept everything. But like yeah. if your spouse has become an addict, like, but you stick with them because you realize I want to fix you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I was thinking more uh, along the lines of um, all of these different, if you're sinning or if you're doing all these things that could keep God from hearing you. Also in marriage, it made me wonder sometimes when something's going on and a spouse withholds in some way, whatever way, whether it's talking, intimacy or whatever, sometimes it's almost that same feeling of not necessarily because they want to punish the person, but like, You hurt me. So yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not necessarily opening myself up to to somebody that has hurt me at this at this moment. And not that I mean I'm sure it hurts God when we sin, but like it makes you wonder like, you know, that same type of I just want something to be fixed before you come back in. Does that make sense? Um if I'm understanding you right, go. <laughs> First of all, kudos to me if I did. <laughs> because I was um, just that confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I think we should make it clear. We do not need to have our lives put together no. to approach God. No. I do think it's better to have a correct understanding of who this God is that we're approaching. Uh, because... We need to approach God to yeah. fix these things. It's more like if you go to God... We can't do it. If yeah. you go to God and you're making requests and you're wondering, why isn't he doing this or why isn't he responding in some way? And either it's a rejection or it's a unanswered prayer, which obviously it is not a popular... It's not going to be a popular th thing for <clears throat> us to be saying that God rejects prayer. But um, because maybe of something we are doing or something we haven't done... That we're supposed to do, um, and yeah. not, and it's not legalistic. It's not about our salvation. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. Well, didn't Jesus teach if you, if someone has something against you, leave your offering there, yeah, at the altar, and go be yeah. reconciled with them. I love, and then come back and offer it. There's a weird self awareness there, as in you know that somebody has something against you. It's not. I have all these things against other people. Oh, yeah. The wording is different. Yeah. But let me finish explaining what Sorry, I meant by ahead. that. Sorry. So like if somebody goes to their spouse wanting, expecting something from them or wanting something from them and they're wondering why their spouse is kind of hesitant, sometimes it is those kind of things. And not that I'm, I'm saying that it's okay to withhold, un you know, unless there's actually a really serious reason to, but it's more like I, would, I stopped and thought, hmm, like, what is it that maybe I need to change or do differently to get, not to manipulate, like, to get you to do what I want, but, like, yeah. why is the response what it is? Does that make sense? So, like, you self, makes you kind of self-evaluate, what can I change? So, like, God's not answering my prayers, hmm, maybe he's just not, but is there something that I need to confess or, yeah. or do? And... 
I'm sure it would drive you crazy too, <laughs> trying to figure out what what's yeah. going on. Especially like you go through the book of Job, and Job had everything going for him, and it was just all taken away. Uh, and his friends, so-called friends, come to console him, and they're kind of like, "Well, what sin did you commit for all this to happen?" And it's funny because we, as the reader, have the inside information that. Job is did not have he it, did, that that yeah the friends didn't have it but we as the reader have it that God is like yeah this guy is righteous and Satan's like well it's because you're protecting him no he'll still be righteous so and and then the story goes on how he lost everything and he still maintained his righteousness but at the end that is when it was re- realized who this God truly was and that the concluding chapters when God finally speaks, is like, oh, yeah, I was righteous, but that righteousness was so small. Like, remember, we are dust. <laughs> does that kind of so, does sure. that kind of? My analogy was probably like I said, I, it was off, but it was more just me thinking maybe we need to think about what could be causing. Yeah. And a self-evaluation, not a self in a bad way, but like a hmm. Let me stop and reflect about what what could be causing this reaction or lack of reaction or response. Yeah. And and that's not welcome. Cuz it's kind of like it's viewed as don't beat yourself up. And obviously, don't beat yourself up. Um, Self-evaluation is not no, about beating yourself up. Because when you realize certain things, you also need to re- remember God's grace and his mercy. And, and that... Repentance he, is not the evil thing. Just going to say that. There's that too, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not a pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and move on. It is you, you need God's grace and mercy. And you wouldn't know the extent and power that there is without knowing what has been going on as to the reason why you would need that grace and mercy. So I apologize for my horrible analogy. No, you can was, totally not even listen I to just that part. <laughs> No, it was good. I just didn't know. I was confused because I didn't know what like direction you were coming from. It makes sense, though. No, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Do you get your analogy? I do. <laughs> <Okay>. I mean... <laughs> Like, but like I said, I feel like it was a stretch, but it's just kind of what I yeah. what I saw when I was thinking about that. My mic keeps on falling. Like when you get mad at God for not answering, maybe yeah, figure out what... So anyways, you might get mad at your spouse for not doing something well. How have you been treating them? Did you do something that maybe you need to say, hey, I'm really sorry about that? Yeah. I think we have that bad mindset that even though you are hurt by something I did, you should still do this and do that. Uh, no, that's, I don't think that's how that goes. I mean, I'm going to say you probably should. Yeah, still do it. Like, don't do it out of spite, but. But you could, you could understand why somebody might not. Like, if you've just been yelled at or something, and then, hey, do this for me. Usually you're not going to be like, sure, let me get right up and do that. Yeah. Just saying. Takes a little more effort. <laughs> All right, so what number are we on? I don't know. Uh, number Seven, eight. eight. Yeah, okay. We're on eight now. So number eight, uh, the fake and the overconfident. 
Uh, in Luke chapter 18, I love this first line in uh, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, I got a story and this is for you. A doozy. <laughs> it's a doozy. Um, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Oh, a Pharisee? Yeah, they're totally righteous. And the a tax, tax collector, collector is so evil. Like, let's look to down take on my them. Money. Uh, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, <laughs> evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. You know, at that point in the story, you probably hear like angels singing and, and harps being played. Like, oh, I can see know. the actual eye rolls. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. All right. So I want to pause there real quick. The word confident, all right, uh, convinced or persuaded. Uh, putting on a show, like because they're so convinced that they live in a certain manner, a certain way. When we are not honest about ourselves in that state that we are in, uh, in the state that we're in, we will not go home justified before God. All right. So I, I forget which movie it was, hon. When it was about the the magicians, uh, I forget who the, the actor, I think... Uh, the guy that played in a movie, yeah, in a the movie. Prestige. The pre- was it the Prestige? When uh, they were observing that little the little Asian guy, the really old guy, he, he would keep on walking and stuff. And they said uh, the reason why everybody believes him on stage is because he's living that out off the stage. So he pulls this big, big bowl of, filled with water, like a fishbowl or something, <laughs> of water out from underneath his his uh, cloak or something and that's it may not be the prestige you look really confused i have no idea <laughs> I forget what you're talking what, about right it, now. it was around the same time that it, those two movies was like were the, out. the illusionist or something yeah like that something too. like that but anyway wow, um so they're watching him and he's still hobbling around walking to his hor- car or horse and buggy or whatever it was and uh they're like yeah he there's no way other than having to live like he's hobbling around because that's what he has to do on stage. That's what this confidence is, is that they are so persuaded that I could do this trick that I have to live my life according to that. All right. So when Jesus says to, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and looking down on everyone else, he, he tells this parable. That's the kind of, oh, well, I have to live up to this certain expectation and they are not reaching that expectation, so therefore I look down on them. But the reality is, you can live it on stage and off stage, you're still a trickster. You're still fake. All right? But as for this tax collector, he would not even look up to heaven, and he was beating his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that was his prayer. Verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, meaning the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
All right. So what does exalted mean or to exalt? Lift up, elevate. That's kind of like saying, here's this pedestal and God putting them on there for everybody to see. That's like, uh, that makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? I'm but just singing I exalt thee in my head right now. It's one of my favorites. That one? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but as far as this other fellow, this Pharisee, he's kind of like already exalted himself. And he's like trying to let God know, hey, look what I am good at. Look at me. And God's like, yeah, I see you. Let me knock you down a few rungs. <laughs> Uh, Habakkuk 2.20, the Lord is in his temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Remember who we are approaching. Ecclesiastes 5.2, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. The Pharisee had a whole bunch of stuff to say and it was all about himself. Meanwhile, the tax collector he spoke the reality of who he is with recognition with who God is. So remember, again, who we approach. Are we too arrogant in how we view the Lord? And do we attribute too many humanistic attributes to God? So if I'm righteous, God should be the same way as I am. Or as a tax collector viewed God, oh, I, I, I recognize this God and I, and I, Ask for his mercy. Number nine? That the last one? Yeah, that was, that's what I had for No, I'm saying number, number nine, the last one. Oh, I don't know. Oh. No. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have more. Um, okay, hypocritical. Number nine, hypocritical. Micah 3, verses 1 through 4. Then I said, listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, should you not embrace justice? You who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off uh, their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like, like flesh for the pot. Um, I really hope they didn't do that literally. <laughs> Gotta love all these what, yeah, meta- metaphors. That's... Or, no. uh, An imagery? An, what, it's not an analogy. Uh, it's not a metaphor. It's, yeah. I've heard the, it's slipping my mind. But yeah, the imagery is, is rough. Um, verse four, then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time, he will hide his face from them because of the evil they have done. All right. Uh, so the people are kind of like, hey, yeah, um, we're, we're God's people, and uh, therefore God should be listening to us. Uh, but they keep on going against what God has prescribed in his law. They're going against everything that was in the Torah, going against everything that was a part of their uh, contract with, with God. You know, like, instead, what are they doing? They're taking such advantage of the weaker people that it's it's detestable. It's horrible. Uh, like breaking their bones to, in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan. Like that's that's how bad they are taking advantage of these people. That the image is equal to that kind of thing. 
we can't be hypocritical. I, I hope I don't need to take too much time on that. If the Bible says to do something, do it. If it says not to do something, don't do it. That's, if you do anything different than that, that's hypocrisy. <laughs> that, that's, and the word hypocrisy, uh, hypocrite, is a play actor. Stop playing the part and actually be the person. So, I, I mean, I, there's not really much else to say about that one. Yeah. All right, so number 10, and I think this is the last one. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, relational ties to prayer and this promise of life, all right? Uh, obviously, if we're a Christian, we have a relationship with our Lord, and it's an awesome one. And, it, and uh, as we learn in Joshua, we need to love God in, re, in return carefully, that, that we learn in Joshua. First uh, Peter chapter 3, 7 through 12 reads this, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wife, wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, I don't think that's just for husbands. I think that's also with wives, too. Uh, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, what is that blessing? Verse 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must speak. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. All right, so this inherited blessing is life. What does that life look like? Keep your tongue from evil and deceitful speech. Don't do evil. Turn from that. Instead, do good. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The blessing is life. Prayer is about a relationship we have with our Lord. We commune with him, connect. We are we're getting to know Jesus more and more as we pray. We have no excuse in not knowing Christ when he has made himself known as well as accessible by prayer to know him with certainty. And read your Bible because that that's read way. your Bible. Read your Bible because that's that's the way to know who Christ is. And now for our takeaways. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. You seem ready. No, I don't. <laughs> There's a lot to the topic. I yeah. mean, we didn't even cover think, it all. Yeah, I think the first one was easier because this one is like like the fire and brimstone <laughs> messages. Like, don't be a hypocrite. Don't sin. Repent. I was also a little hi- more hyper last night for some reason. Yeah. Don't know why. Um, this one's one of those ones that I'd actually, I mean, all of our episodes, I like it, but I would like to know people's experiences um, and thoughts on 
what we've said. Um, and then, like, as they even search scripture, like, what they find. Because it definitely wasn't exhaustive. No, this is, uh, like, literally, I just found these verses. Uh, looked around for similarities and, and uh, re- repeated language. Uh, especially throughout the Old Testament, because these are not just the only verses that are like this. Uh, when it's like God turning his face away, plugging up his ears, you know, that, these are not the only verses. This, so this is definitely not exhaustive. Um, so yeah, I would like to hear people's take on, you know, other things that they have read throughout scripture. Here's my takeaway. We are not attempting to be these Debbie Downer naysayers. It's more like most of the stuff you hear about prayer is all the how God does answer your prayers or how God hears you. And um, those things are great and they happen. But I do think that there's more people that struggle with prayer than that are willing to admit it. Yeah. And so it was more just tackling that uncomfortable, like, we might not have this right, but just something that we deal with. And so we know others have too, which is why it'd be nice to hear people's like, Hey, I experienced, you know, fill in the blank or whatever. And yeah. I think, uh, if you are struggling with that too, I think this, the book by Holleran, uh, do I have it behind me here? Hmm. When prayer is a struggle, uh, he, uh, I don't bend that way. (laughs) He throughout the book, when I was reading it, I was like, he gave all these little tidbits of things that you could do to improve your prayer. And there were a lot. And I got to the point where I was like, I, I can't do all this. <laughs> and then it was like the next page, he was like, you probably can't do all this. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh okay, it's good. It's more That's like just it. giving you multiple Yeah, yeah it's like if it's something that will... I don't want to say like accommodate your needs or anything <laughs> like that, but if it's something that works for you, do that. If you're if you need to journal your prayers, do that. Uh, if you need to set a certain time aside, you know, set an alarm and do that uh, to get us get alone with God in prayer. Uh, how long too? Is it okay to do five minutes or should you do five hours? Like what one of those things? What what actually? works for you. The thing is, and I, I feel like a broken record saying this. The main thing is that when we pray, we remember who we are approaching. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I said that I lost count. It's been a lot, but yeah, we, we just have to remember. And that's on both sides. We're approaching a King and a father, but he is welcoming us with open arms. He is willing to hear everything we have to say. So there shouldn't be a, there should be the healthy fear of God, but not the like trembling because you're afraid of him, fear of God. Yeah. So here are the chapter titles in this book as to the reason why we, we might struggle with prayer. Uh, now I'll just read them out. Uh, chapter one is I forget why prayer matters Two, I don't know what to pray. Three, I feel too guilty to pray. Four, I'm not sure God hears me. And five, I have mixed motives. Six, I can't focus. That one I needed. 
<laughs> ADHD. Um, seven, I'm so unorganized. Eight, I'm too stressed. And nine, I'm too busy. All right. So, uh, yeah, it it is a struggle to pray sometimes, especially if if uh, you're going through certain things where it's like, I just really don't want to talk to him right now. <laughs> uh, but like what I, what I said last time uh, about like, don't grow cynical, fight that battle. Also fight this battle too, that you have got to remember, you can still approach the throne of God. Like when I say know who you're approaching, that doesn't mean that you can't. You can't, you definitely, God would love for you to go to him. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's probably been preached a million times. God has become the God of the last resort where we try all this stuff before we go to him. Make that the very first thing that you do. He would love it. Also, your prayer time can be while you're doing dishes, while you're taking a walk. Um, like there is value in getting away, but sometimes that's intimidating. Like, Intimidating as in I, I posted this thing weeks back and it had like this just really encouraging piece to it because as a, as a mostly stay-at-home mom and as a homeschool mom that I rarely have any time to myself. Literally, I can't even go to the bathroom by myself, <laughs> um, whether it's a cat or a kid that's with me. But this last kid of mine is the one who has done all of the things that every other mom always talked about their kids doing. Sometimes... Yep. It is impossible to get any time to myself to sit and read in silence, do devotions in silence. And I know some people say, well, you can get up earlier. You can stay up later. We still need to sleep. (laughs) And like I get that I sleep, like I sleep longer than you do, but I'm still then constantly taking care of four children all day long. So it was encouraging because this post was like, you can still do devotions Like, they still count, even if there's a toddler on your lap, even if it's only a couple verses that you can get in. Like, we get in our head that it has to look like this. It has to be a quiet place. And if it's it's not undivided and if people are like, yes, I would love that. So I'm not saying, like, don't ever do that. But it can be discouraging to where sometimes I think we don't even try because we have it in our head of how it has to look this way. Yeah. But if your desire is to be with God and to talk with God, do it wherever you are and however you have to. Don't wait until the opportunity seems perfect for it. Amen. Well put. (laughs) Clapping is just hitting yourself because you like something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I kind of gave, I already gave my takeaway. Know who you approach and do the approaching because God would love love to hear from you. <laughs> the approach to the throne of grace. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening. And uh, email us if you'd like to. Uh, reach out to us on our website, on Facebook, Instagram. And hit those likes, hit those stars. And share the share content. The con- share the content, yeah. Uh, get the algorithms moving. Please and thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And per the usual, live, live such, such good, good lives. lives.